Hello, and welcome to Living Heritage, a show about people who are engaged in the heritage and culture sector, all those who keep heritage alive at the community level. I'm Dale Jarvis. Today in the studio, I'm with Dr. Shannon Lewis Simpson. Dr. Lewis Simpson is the Newfoundland and Labrador member of the Historic Sites and Monuments Board of Canada, which declares and commemorates sites, events, and people of national significance. She's also a coordinator, community-engaged learning, student life, and adjunct professor of archaeology at Memorial University. Her research interests are in the medieval and early modern North Atlantic, naval history, and the history of Newfoundland and Labrador. Okay, to start off, I want to talk a little bit about the Historic Sites and Monuments Board of Canada and and what it is and how it kind of came to be. Can we start at, start at the be the mythical beginnings of uh, the Historic Sites and Monuments Board? So luckily I hauled some of this from our website which does um, you know in you put over the uh, the history of the Historic Sites and Monuments Board. We're actually celebrating its centenary this year um, in 2019 that is. So um, basically the Commissioner of uh, the Dominion of Canada's National Park System uh, which then became Came Parks Canada, persuaded the federal government to establish the Advisory Board for Historic Site Preservation. And during the board's first meeting, um, we adopted the term the Historic Sites and Monuments Board of Canada. So that was in 1919 in October. And uh, the first chair was Brigadier General E.A. Cruikshank. So the purpose of of it was to set about um, determining the most significant historic sites in the country. Um, And then by um, no- noting them by either a bronze plaque or a stone cairn. So these bronze plaques that you see across the uh, the country, um, you know, at Signal Hill or at Cape Spear or any other sort of historic site within Newfoundland and Labrador, those are those. And they're basically remained unchanged for the last hundred years. Right. Yeah. yeah. Do any of those stone cairns still exist? Those I early? I think so. Yeah. I don't believe so in Newfoundland Labrador. I so. didn't know I didn't know that that was the original one of the original yeah. ways of marking. Yeah. yeah Interesting. Yeah. yeah. Yeah it is. So um yeah, so and and these plaques as I say, you know, some of them are quite old now. Um and you know, the historic events that we have, like historical events don't change, but the means and ways in which we commemorate them do. And uh, the board, or I should say the Parks Canada, you know, on behalf of the board, is now undergoing a plaque review. So going back in time to uh, to look at the plaques that are a little bit older, looking at the, the wording, the language, the tone of these plaques, and see if they're in line with basically modern Canadian values, the values in which we all will share. Um, and I'm proud of them for doing that, because of course we all need to keep on reminding ourselves what it is we're commemorating and why yeah that's yeah. the most important yeah thing as because well. that that uh, commemoration is a, a bit of a political act you know we we are what we choose to remember uh, in many times uh, speaks to where we are in that moment where we are i think is the key not who we are but where we are because you know it's itinerative, you know, like history is a thing which changes, you know yourself, with yeah, different interpretations and more evidence as it arises. Yeah. So we have an obligation to go back, you know, you know, throughout time and, and make sure that everything is still as it should be. So so roughly how many how many things have been designated then in the past? So across the country right now, there's over 2,200 designations 2200, of people, okay. places, events and things across Canada. There's also a program of uh, historic lighthouses right. and also railway stations. So we have 16 lighthouses within Newfoundland and Labrador that have been designated as uh, National Historic Lighthouses, and also one railway station, which is the one downtown. Right down on Water Street. Street. Yeah, That's beautiful. Correct. So otherwise, we have 154 designations within Newfoundland and Labrador. 
Um, you might think, you know, 154 of 2200, we're a little bit underrepresented, I mm-hmm. think. Uh, but maybe I'm biased. So I really would take this centenary year coming up in 2019 to encourage local community groups, local heritage groups, and indeed the school children who participate in the heritage fairs every single year to really look hard at the stories that have not been told. You know, instead of looking at our um, our stories, you know, about the fishery or our indigenous peoples or anything like that, look at particular stories, people, places, events that are particular to your area. Tell their stories. Tell the stories that have not been told. And if it comes out that through your primary research that these stories are, you believe, are um, worthy of national heritage designation, I would encourage people to become the proponent and put those forward to the board. It's a very simple process. You just send a note to the board, a letter, an email, and saying, I believe that this should be something of historic significance, and these are my reasons why. So can we talk a little bit about that process sure. then? But, uh, because if I'm, if I'm a volunteer with a heritage group in mm. Hibbs Hole, Newfoundland, and I want to make an application for something, uh, what is needed? I, I need to write a letter, an official letter, from, uh, either from writing, an in, uh, yeah. you know, as an individual or mm-hmm. as a representative of an organization, mm-hmm. saying this, this is what I believe to be worthy of commemoration. And I, you don't have to do an in-depth historical research, no. but it does help to have some uh, basis for Absolutely. that. Absolutely. Yeah. To signpost for the amazing researchers that are in Parks Canada and Ottawa, yeah. um, they do a fabulous job. I mean, the files that come to us as board members, like we just had in our recent board meetings in Victoria, um, they're outstanding, you know, works of art, to be honest, uh, very thorough, very in-depth. Mm-hmm. And what they'll do is also consider each proposal in terms of what already has been commemorated and what around the area has been commemorated as well. So you really have a great context of theme and geography and place and person and all that sort of good stuff. So, so walk me through the, kind of the steps of what happens. Uh, there's a, a, a an initial letter that comes in that says we believe you know point A should sure. be should be commemorated, yeah. and then um, then the staff will the staff speak will with then, the proponent yeah. and guide them through and and maybe ask for some follow up info and that sort of stuff. Um, then the research happens. That can take a long period of time or a short period of time, depending on the complexity of the thing being uh, proposed. Uh, and then it will go to the board, and the board uh, might approve it, reject it, or defer it. And if it's deferred, then they'll ask for more information right, about okay. a particular thing. Yeah. Or even sometimes to choose to um, say, well, we're not going to think about that as a commemoration, but this really needs to be commemorated. So sometimes the very act of proposing something, you know, drives something else to be commemorated. Okay, yeah. and so it's a very uh, fluid um, yeah. thing. And also very iterative, you know, like when we have more information as arise, then that can change the, you know, the uh, conversation about a particular thing. So then once something is then commemorated and it's mm-hmm. been approved by the by the board, yeah. then then there is a, a plaque unveiling, unveiling ceremony. a ceremony. Yeah, I think which you've is a, been to one. Uh, yeah, I've yeah. been to several throughout the years. Yeah. I think most recently. The Howley. The Howley one. So maybe talk a little bit about that that designation or commemoration. Yeah, so, so I must say as well that uh, don't be discouraged that it takes a little bit of a long time for these things to go through. It will take because there's a process to be followed. And I have to say that 
the the amount of research that the staff do uh, is amazing. You know, it's a doctoral thesis in itself. Mm-hmm. You know, about each particular thing. So, um, and I think that that's good that we have that level of scrutiny and that level of uh, thoroughness. You know, to the research. Um, so I'm I'm pleased by that. To be honest, you don't want it to be off the hip. You know, you right. want it to be thorough. Yeah, it's um, based in research. It yeah. totally is. Yeah. Absolutely. You know, based on available research. And of course, then when something else arises, then there you are. Um, so it can take a few years for these things to go through. There's no doubt about it. Um, and some of the things are, are quite, you know, quick, but not always. Yeah. So Howley um, was a, um, uh, good Lord, I want to say that he was a, a master of many, many trades. He was the first curator of the Newfoundland Museum. And that was one of the reasons why the proponent put him forward. But also he wrote, uh, you know, the, uh, the Red Indians, the author of the Red Indians of Newfoundland, mm-hmm. which was the most, uh, the, the first comprehensive um, study of the people and, and which documented many of the um, um, primary sources and oral sources yeah. for and our the, knowledge. And at the time he was writing that, the, the Beothic had... It was 1919, I believe, he yeah, wrote it, to be so honest. It was, it was already at the period where the Beothic had become, Effectively, disappeared from the correct, landscape. But, yes. um, but there were still people arrived who had some of that oral first knowledge, hand knowledge. First-hand knowledge. Correct. And, and he was the one that kind of collated all this information. And He did, in a very... Um, in a very non, a very historical way, yeah. if I could say that, you know, there was no, uh, no political, you know, drive towards that text. It was more like here it is, yeah. you know, and this is what we know, and, and this is what we can ascertain. And and also a, a gentleman who had a great interest in uh, geology, you in know, geology. And, and in the geological history of this place. So basically, anything below ground, you know, and I believe he uh, he did uh, excavate some biotic sites as well. Um, so and we, and we can use that word excavate and. I think did, so. Did, did he do, was I okay. think we could probably maybe, start and, that. And maybe it's unfair to judge him. Investigate, perhaps. Investigate. It, it's unfair to judge him in light of like current standards. True, uh, perhaps. Yeah. But I think to, to the standards of the time, he was he was a pretty exacting scholar, to be honest. Yes. And you know, we owe a lot of our knowledge of that particular people, and indeed to the remaining history and and geology, like you say, and the natural history of Newfoundland and Labrador to him. One of the interesting things that I found at that uh, the ceremony, the the commemorative ceremony, was that there were two members, I believe, of his family. Who More were than there. that, were, they were, spoke two two speakers. Yes, and then other other family members who were in the audience. There were was quite that, a few. Okay, yeah. So you know, it just goes to show his that great great grandson, great great grandsons. Yes. Yeah. So it just goes to show that uh, history is living history, yes. yeah. you know. I think there is, however, a, um, a, um, a timeline. You have to be dead for a certain number of years right. to be yes. nominated and all that kind of good stuff. That's on the website, uh, so we can take a look at that afterwards, uh, or the proponents can. And certainly the board staff are there to, to guide proponents as well. Mm-hmm. And they'll say, don't nominate that person now, wait five years, wait, right. yeah, sure. and then the appropriate amount of time has passed you know now one of the, that wasn't your first plaque uh, unveiling it wasn't no uh, you were down in grand bank for i was one, appointed uh in july of last year and two days later i was in grand bank <laughs> so <laughs> you're putting you to work quick yes yeah. absolutely so we uh, commemorated the shore crew of newfoundland and labrador and and what that is is or what that was i should say is the commemorating the work the hard work the backbreaking work that the women and girls and boys and, you know, landsmen did to support and drive the Grand Bank fishery. 
in Newfoundland and Labrador, and indeed the Labrador fisheries as well. You know, whether it be by making the fish on flakes, you know, like up in Elliston, like where my people and my mm-hmm. grandmother, great grandmother yep. did this, or down in Grand Bank, of course, they on were the using that beautiful fishery, yeah. shingle beach, yeah. uh, you know, in uh, various places. Um, it was a funny one. I was considering, you know, like what it was that we were commemorating because a lot of people in Newfoundland, certainly people I spoke with there in Grand Bank, said, my God, sure, everybody did that. Mm. You know, what, what's the big, you know, like, not what's the big deal, but everybody did this, you know. And I think here in Newfoundland, Labrador, we're very good at, you know, diminishing the extraordinary. You know, sometimes what people do here is everybody does it. Everybody works so hard and does such extraordinary things that it does become routine. And then it becomes diminished in our eyes because it's ordinary. Yeah. Right? But it's not. Never was. The amount of work, I mean, Hilda Chalk Murray's book, you know, More Than 50%. More than 50%, yeah. If anybody has to read that, you know, they, they have an idea of the work that went behind keeping everybody alive, body and soul, in order to enable the economy, in order to enable the British economy, in Canada's economy, you know, at the time and going forward, you know, post and pre-Confederation. So I think that that's worthy of, and these sorts of ordinary things, you know, we're not very good at commemorating them. Yeah. Yeah. And I think you, you referenced Hilda Chalk Murray there, and, and her work uh, really highlighted the work of women in that in, in the fisheries industry in, in Newfoundland and, and the, the role and, and contribution that women made. Mm-hmm. Um, and, I, you know, we've talked about how there are these 2,200 uh, nominations and, and how certain aspects of our history maybe haven't been told in the past. And I suspect that women's history is one of those things that hasn't been as commemorated in the earlier periods. Yes, because nobody wrote it down. Right. You know, because it was considered ordinary and routine yeah. to a large degree. Right. Yeah. So that's what we, we aim to do now, you know, in the next hundred years is really look hard at the stories that have not been told, you know, as much, or people didn't think as as being worthy of re- recognition nationally or anything like that. And that's why I go back to, you know, the individual um, community heritage groups, and certainly, you know, the children who participate in heritage fairs and all that kind of good stuff. Um, you know, really look hard at the people who you're commemorating. You know, and think about who you're not, who you're not commemorating. Right, That's yeah. right. And the stories that are not being told. You're catching up on some of your plaquing in Labrador and, and, and other places. You, yeah. had, you had a list of some of the, the, the plaques that are going to be going up. Yeah, yeah. hopefully in the next uh, 12 months or so, we'll be looking at, uh, you know, commemorating or unveiling the plaques for Aunt Lydia Campbell, uh, for Rama Church Quarry, Quarries up in Labrador, uh, Mikak, you know, which has been commemorated, but we haven't done the plaque yet. There's a little bit of a backlog for some of the plaques across Canada, and we're catching up hard now to fix, you know, to sort them out and have them up and, and uh, installed. Uh, the Moravian Missionaries is another one, and mm-hmm. OCAC, the area, yeah. the cultural geography of OCAC, and port as well, which yeah. has been, uh, you know, designated for many years, but certainly the plaque never went up, and neither did it for Signal Hill until last uh, December as well. Which which I was kind of astonished yeah. by, you know, like we, you know, Signal Hill, which was one of those, uh, I and I'm not entirely certain, but I, I suspect one of the very first... Um, I think it was national, 62. National parks for for yeah. Newfoundland and, mm. and, and such an important part of our local history. It's, yeah. it's amazing that the plaque didn't get up there until yeah, yeah. recently. There yeah. are a couple of facets to it. I mean, there's the battle, you know, like of Signal Hill, which yeah, was commemorated as, yeah. a, uh, yeah. Newfoundland, as a national historic event. Yeah. But the place itself, 
you know, the iconography of the landscape of Signal Hill and its role in the military and communications history of, of this place. That really hadn't been commemorated in itself. Right. So that's what we took the time to do last December, and that was a lovely event as well. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it, and I do encourage it as well. If you hear, uh, Parks Canada will send out notices of when these plaque unveilings are to take place. Come out. Come out and meet the people. Hear about the history that's in your own backyard. They're open to the public. We usually have uh, a representative of the federal government there, you know, uh, either one of the ministers, the local MP, uh, which is lovely, and uh, then local people as well, and the proponents. Mm-hmm. And it's a joy to listen to the proponents of each place and hear why they nominated the particular person, place, or thing in you know the context of national significance in history Um, I think that it really brings like I can read the words but listening to their passion and what makes it what makes them passionate about that particular thing it's fabulous yeah yeah. And that that little list of, of plaques that are going to be going up in the next twelve months, like that, there's a nice um, there's a nice slice of Labrador history yeah. history there, the Indigenous history, women's history, you know, yeah. uh, Lydia Campbell yeah. and Mikak, you know, like those are great stories that I suspect that a lot of Canadians don't really know. No. Ma- maybe not even Newfoundlanders exactly. who, do, who don't know some of those great Labrador stories. So this is why uh, it's important. I mean, you could say, well, why are we doing all this? You know, uh, because if you don't commemorate it, it will be gone. Yeah, you know. And and it isn't, and people don't learn about it. So one of the things that uh, I would love to see, and this is, again, aspirational for the uh, 100th anniversary, is some sort of, like, geocaching for plaques, you know? So if one travels across Canada or visits any part of Canada, you can go and know where all of these plaques are and the coordinates or whatnot, and then... You know, plug them in and then go learn about this thing. Right. So I yeah. think that'd be lovely. You you also had a plaque that went up in uh, Millertown. We did. Yeah. Tell me tell me about that. Yeah, it was Indian Point. It was basically the um, it, it's known as the most well documented Beathic wintering site uh, in the province. Uh, so then that was so designated, and you know, it took the time to. Um, you know, really think about, you know, the place and indeed the cultural landscape of the exploits, you know, and, and Red Indian Lake and how that all fit into that particular people's culture, life, geography, everything. Mm-hmm. Um, we were lucky, we were fortunate to have uh, folks from the Alibu First Nation join us as well, which was lovely. And uh, all the children from Millertown came. Oh, neat, yeah. Yeah, and, and sang Oh Canada, and it was just great. You know, it was a really nice beautiful event which was really warm for October which was strange but it, it was just so peaceful and to be standing there you know if anyone hasn't been to Millertown recently and stood in these places you know and, and went to the Mamotique and, and seen what they have there go go the museum is wonderful yeah you know and that's the joy of this too is that it's, it's opening my eyes to the various places within this province that are absolutely special and, and I think that more people should know about them. So I encourage everyone to go to Google. Google the Historic Sites and Monuments Board of Canada. There is a searchable database there of all the over 22,000, uh, 22,000, 2,200 designations across Canada. Um, and the ones from Newfoundland, you can go and then there's the, uh, the text, why it was so designated, where it is. And, you know, the description of the thing. Right. So, you know, there's no excuse, really. We should know our history. <laughs> we should know our history, yeah. <laughs> we should. And I think, I think there's a, a tendency sometimes, and I see this happening in Newfoundland Labrador, and I'm sure it happens in other places, that we, we sometimes tend to fall back on, uh, and this interests me as a folklorist, I guess, we tend to fall back on 
kind of a romanticized view of our history, a mythological view of our history, mm. <clears throat> instead of you know really looking at the the special, unique stories that happen in our communities. Yeah, I mean that that's part of it, but also I take your point on romanticization. I mean, some of these plaques are a hundred years old now, mm-hmm. so uh, the tone, the language within these plaques yeah. are um, they probably need a little bit of revision. Yes. You know, and yeah. I don't mean revision in a bad way. I'm looking at it in terms of how and who we are as as a country, yeah. and and who and what we wish to, you know, celebrate yeah. and commemorate. Now, as as you as a as a researcher, you know, are there are there specific things that are in your field of expertise that you that you think of, and then you look at this list of things that have been designated in the past. You think, oh, I, there's a potential area there that maybe we could do some and I'm, work I on. have put out some feelers oh, to yes. various Very yes good. yes you know and, and, and <laughs> are we allowed to talk about that no not really <laughs> I don't think that that's appropriate but I mean th- certainly there are some obvious things within the, uh, the within the province that haven't been designated I said why isn't this designated so then yeah. you reach out to someone who's close to it and say mm, you know this is not so hard a process why yep. don't you try you know and it, it does fit with other things that have been commemorated or have not as the case may be yeah and also you know our, our history and you know our knowledge of the past you know it's 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 ongoing you know it's it's not a fixed thing it it changes you know every time someone excavates a, a particular area or finds another thing or a document or whatever a new piece of evidence we have to reevaluate what it is right our history is yeah. so certainly it's not a, a dead thing it's a living thing you know and you know that well as a folklorist you know mm-hmm. and our interpretation of history is certainly living because we live. Yeah, you know. You know, I, we had a we had Neil Burgess on the show uh, a, a while back, mm. and, and he he's working with the, the Shipwreck Preservation mm. Society and uh, and Bell Island, yeah, about <laughs> uh, about some of that that amazing kind of underwater yeah. archaeology story. And true enough. And and we rode on Bell Island for an event with them, and just listening to the stories, and you know, and I thought that that was a story I knew. You know, I thought that was I knew the story of the the U boat attacks on on the. Uh, on the the ore carriers there, and then it, he was telling me about like who was buried where and the names, and and one of the ships was um, uh, a free French ship, and he was saying, oh yeah, PLM twenty seven, yeah, and and he said, oh yeah, and the and the cook was Vietnamese, and then all these and the, some of these guys were Muslim, yeah, you know, because they had come out of North Africa or yeah. whatever, and that and I had never thought about that story in that way. That here was this. Because Vietnam or Indochina had been a French colonial possession, and here here was this Vietnamese cook who died off the shores of Belle Island. Like That's I, right. I had never thought of that story in that light before. These commemorations are like gateways. Yeah, you know, they're not an end to themselves. It's a gateway. Like you can only fit so much in. I think it was two hundred and forty characters. <laughs> right. It's yeah. a little bit longer than a tweet, but not by much. Yeah. So you really have to be economical, you know, and and very not sparse, but just economical with your words yeah. and each character on these plaques because of course sometimes the plaques are in four languages you know it could be indigenous something else and french and english yeah. so um you know there was one about the japanese school i think so you know there's there's all kinds of different and of course it's not only you know in indigenous uh, history and culture and french and english we have many different cultures within canada and they are all 
you know, commemorated and deserving of commemoration in their own way. Mm-hmm. So that's something to consider as well. How did you get into this? How did you become a, a board member? Um, there's actually there's an open process now. Uh, so uh, someone suggested to me that is something that uh, might interest me and and I might be well suited to do. And so there's an interview process and a vetting process, and I, I was um, quite happily selected to to be the member. Right. Yeah. yeah. And so, what's next for you in terms of in terms of the historic sites and monuments board? I, I know we're coming into that 100 mm-hmm. year anniversary. Is is the board doing something special for that 100 years? Plans are still being planned, yeah. per, so to speak, for what's going to happen nationally. Um, certainly, there'll be a lot of community and um, you know in, public engagement as part of this process, and locally as part of this process. Um, I'll be working with. Uh, Parks Canada, east and west, you know, in, in our area here in Newfoundland, Labrador, to uh, hopefully get out and do public consultations. Okay. So I'll be leaning on yourself, Dale, okay. with your context. You give me a call. <laughs> yeah, in the in the in the future, um, and and maybe go down to, to places where our distribution of uh, you know commemorations is a little bit less than it is perhaps in eastern Newfoundland. Right. Um, so like uh, the south coast, for instance, the west coast, and certainly Labrador and the northern peninsula. That's where I would be, um, you know, looking out for um, things that one would probably expect to be commemorated, but haven't been yet. Yeah. You know? And we, we see that as well at a provincial level with the Provincial Heritage Foundation, that uh, we've done a lot of stuff uh, on the Avalon and in Conception Bay and whatnot, because it is what it, it, it is. is. what it is. And, yeah. and, and there is that uh, in the historical period, we we do have a kind of a, a concentration of settlement in, in certain areas. But it's not all. But there are gaps, and, yeah. and we and we recognize that. And you know, I know with the with the provincial historic commemorations program, we we look at it and we say, okay, like we've done a lot of kind of similar things. Yes. And yeah. maybe we need to think a little bit more broadly about what what heritage is because I think our definition of heritage changes it does. Uh, over time and I want to keep an open mind and I want people and the proponents and you know the community to keep an open mind about what heritage and history are yeah because um, certainly you know that does change and I think it's just what's important to you you know and think about why yeah. and is it some is it important to someone in Toronto or Montreal to know and if it is then you should put it forward right simple as that yeah so if people want to get more information uh, about the Historic Sites Science Board or about the process, how do they, they go to Mr. Google and they say, Google, show me where it's I It's on the Parks go? Canada website. Okay. You yeah. know, there's a, cl- there's a tab there for H, uh, the H, good Lord, I always get this wrong, HSMBC, the Historic Sites and Monuments Board of Canada, um, who the members are across uh, Canada are there and uh, what has been designated, as I say, the database, which they can search. Um, and then the uh, contact of how to propose a particular place. Yeah. And there's no real format for that proposal. It just has to be, you know, answer a few questions. Like, as I say, you know, like, why is it important to me? Why is it important locally or provincially or, or regionally? And why is it important to someone in, in Saskatoon? Right. You know, and if you can answer those questions satisfactorily, then that's a start. You know, and that's where the process starts, and certainly not where it ends. Do we do we have some applications that are kind of halfway through the process now? Um, the thing about those is that I may know that they are thinking about putting them forward, but really I'm hands off that. Right. Which is lovely. Because you, then you wait until it comes that's back correct. to the board. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So I might be putting people in contact with each other or with the Parks Canada staff, but then I really say, right, over to you. Um, I do not want to be 
and I should not be as a board member who has to make a, a, an impartial decision. Um, you know, that's the, for the staff to help the proponent, yeah. and that's for me to be hands off until it comes to the board, and it's either, as I say, approved, deferred, or or denied at that time. I really like what you're saying about that participatory process. You know, that you're going to be doing some consultation. That it is kind of a community-driven application. Yes, yeah. yeah. And that anyone can nominate. That's yes. what I like about it. It's not a group of academics, you no. know, who are sitting in a closed room saying this is what's important and that isn't. This it's- is straight from the website. It says the participation of Canadians in the identification of places, persons, and events of national historic significance and in their commemoration is a key element of the National Program of Historic Commemoration. Indeed, the vast majority of nominations for the designation presented to the board are submitted by members of the public. So this is our call to action. Absolutely. Then you, if you have something in your community that you want to see commemorated. It does no harm to nominate it. Perfect. It does no harm and it does all the bit of good. Good. Because you might get something else out of it some other way. So who knows? Well, well maybe we'll, we'll wrap things up there. Is there anything else that you feel is important we need to know or that you want that you want a message you want to end with? Or is that it? Nominate. You know, nominate. And, you know, we have, we have many facets of history within this place. Um, we we are all history. You know, our own shared history is history and our own individual history. Um, it's a living thing, and we need to think about what it is we're commemorating and why, and, and then move it forward. Awesome. That's a perfect note on which to end. Thank you very much for coming on the show. You're very welcome. I want you to come back at some point, and we'll have a chat about Vikings. Okay. Sounds like fun. Great. <laughs> I'm Dale Jarvis. You've been listening to Living Heritage a production of CHMR Radio 93.5 in collaboration with the Intangible Cultural Heritage Office of the Heritage Foundation of Newfoundland and Labrador. Find us online at ichblog.ca or on iTunes. Our Heritage Broadcast Assistant is Natalie Dignam in partnership with the Conservation Corps Newfoundland and Labrador ECHO program. We would love to know what you think of the show. If you have a question or a suggestion for a future program, leave us a comment on the Living Heritage Podcast Facebook page, email livingheritagepodcast at gmail.com, or tweet us at HFNLCA. Thanks for listening. <laughs>